Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Shot up at the buzzer, it's good! Brooks Hall! The place is at the buzzer, the Dayton Flyers! Pandemonium in the Dayton Decibel Dungeon! Sanford crashed all the way. Oh. This is one of the great college basketball venues in the nation, UD Arena. And welcome back to Talking Out Loud. It is Sunday night, Monday morning when you are listening to this. And Dayton just wrapped up their weekend at the Charleston Classic with a loss to number six ranked Houston, number one in Ken Palm. Final score 69-55. Dayton loses by 14 to, quite frankly, one of the best teams in the country. And that's kind of where I want to start. Uh, Houston was really good. Uh, They're really good. They're number one on Kempom for a reason. They're probably the best defensive team in the country. Uh, they showed that tonight. The, they killed Dayton on the uh, the defensive glass, uh, turned, turned Dayton over a lot. Uh, Dayton, 11 turnovers on the night. Houston converted 16 points off of those turnovers. Uh, Houston had 17 offensive rebounds, converted that into 17 second-chance points. So that's 33 of their 69 points were off second-chance and turnovers. And when you play... A team of that stature, a team of that ilk, it's not going to go well for you. And Dayton basically needed to play a perfect game to really, really have a a chance in this one. And, you know, they didn't. And it's not surprising that they didn't. It's not the end of the world that they didn't. But, you know, they played far from their best game. Uh, Deron Holmes and Nate Santos combined for 11 of 19 from the floor, 30 of Dayton's 55 points. Everyone else... Javon Bennett, 1 of 10 from the field. Cheeks, 1 of 3 from the field. Kobe Elvis, whose struggles continue and continue mightily, 0 of 6 from the field. Kobe Brea, 0 of 3 from the field. Uh, Isaac Jack was 4 of 4 from the field, and Zimmy was 2 of 2. So, um, yeah, Dayton needed to play a much better game than they did to, to to have a chance to win it, and they didn't play very well. And that's not the end of the world. Uh, I stated this on the podcast that this was... Always the goal going into this weekend was to win the first two just to give yourself a chance to play a team like Houston. And even if you lost it, well, 
it's not going to hurt you because I think this Houston team is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, They're plus 2,000 to win the title right now. I checked those odds during the broadcast, and uh, those odds may change by the time this podcast is posted. But, yeah, it was a tough night for Dayton. And you know what? Third night or third game in four days against a very athletic and motorized team in Houston, I think that was the thing that impressed me most is Houston got it up to double digits. They led by as many as 18 or 20, and they just never – never let up. They they had their foot on the gas the entire game. Shed and Cryer were sensational tonight. 34 points between the two of them. 6 of 11 from 3. They shoot 8 of 20 from 3 and that they started off hotter than a blowtorch. Dayton only shoots 4 of 18 from the three-point line tonight. Uh that's, you know, that's you, you needed to make threes in a game like this and they just didn't make them. And I tweeted this out on on Twitter at @drewbw that I wasn't going to overreact to a game against the number one Ken Palm team in the country. And I'm not going to. We accomplished what we needed to accomplish. Now it's about learning from this and moving forward with it. Because you won't see a team this good again until you, if you make it to March. You, you won't. Like, I don't care UC, UNLV, SMU, any teams in the A-10. No one. No one will even come close to the talent level, how well coached Houston was, and... They just were flat out better. And it's not surprising. I mean, Dayton was a 12 and a half point underdog. They lost by 14. And so it was right around where Vegas thought it would be. So it, I don't think it's the end of the world. The sky isn't falling. Uh, there are certainly some things that Dayton needs to clean up, namely rebounding and turnovers, which have been an issue so far during this season. But all in all, in my opinion, you know, you, people may not share this sentiment, but I would consider this a successful weekend. You get a win over LSU, who goes 2-1. and one. You get a, a win over St. John's, who goes 2-1. and one. And I'll talk more about those games here in a little bit. But getting those two wins can really, really help you come February and March in building a resume. And yeah, this, would, this one would have been the, the crown jewel in the crown, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. I've said that already once, but I just want to reiterate that, that this isn't a bad thing. You know, the fact that Dayton lost this game isn't a bad thing. And you gotta you gotta move forward, you gotta put it behind you. Yes, you gotta take the good things that you did this weekend, and there were plenty of them, namely Nate Santos's arrival as a legitimate scoring option and maybe our best scoring option. And I, I thought we played well defensively for the tournament, uh, the St. John's game was probably the best 40 minutes of basketball I've seen a, an Anthony Grant coach team play in three years, probably since the the Kansas game when we upset them. So, it, yeah, that's kind of where Dayton finds themselves and where they go moving forward. So, you know, that's the Houston game. Let's, you know, we'll backtrack it to the St. John's game, which was an 88-81 victory and a just a very very high level college basketball game that game was. I, I thought that game was a lot of fun. Uh, if you were a neutral observer and you just happened to throw that game on the TV, you you enjoyed what you watched. And Dayton, as I said before, they played really well in that game. But again, St. John scored 18 points off second chance points in that game. And that's more than Houston had tonight. So it, the rebounding is an issue. And it's something that needs to be rectified. And it, I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's 
you know, not knowing who to box out or just guys, just the will to do it. And I know our guys have will to do it because they showed it in the LSU game, but it's just something that they've got to keep continually getting better and better and better at as we move forward. Because when you play good basketball teams, you can't get away with turning the ball over and you can't get away with getting your ass kicked on the offensive glass. But in the St. John's game, Duran had his best game of the young season, 21 points on 6 of 14 shooting, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. He has been stellar from the free throw line this year, which is great to see. And Dayton as a whole has been stellar from the free throw line all year there, 23 of 28 in the game against St. John's. So, you know, that was a great win, and that's a win that you can build a lot of confidence off. And I know it the losing this way, losing the Houston game the way that you did kind of does take a little bit of wind out of the sails. I'm not going to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about everything here. It does does take away a little bit, but not enough to warrant any overreacting or making any rash takes or anything like that. And, you know, if that's what you want, if you want me to come on here and, you know, mother F every, every guy on the team and, you know, talk about how Anthony Grant sucks, well, sorry, man, you found the wrong podcast. I can't really help you there. It is what it is. And Dayton, again, the St. John's game, they shoot 15 of 29 in the first half, 14 of 27 in the second half for 29 of 56. That's you'll, you'll take that. They shoot seven of 17 from three, 41%, 82% from the line. If we keep getting performances like we got in the St. John's game, Dayton's going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine moving forward. They're going to beat a lot of teams if they play that the way they did. All right. Backtracking to Friday. Now I know we're, we're going way back in time here, but just bear with me. All right. LSU. Okay. First half, not great. Uh, not great. Uh, the first 10 minutes of the second half, not great. Not great. Uh, it, it looked pretty bleak there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of flipped. And Dayton just, they never quit. They never gave up. It was far from their best performance, but they somehow found a way to scratch out a win. Nate Santos obviously hits the very big shot, which guys who wear the number two for Dayton tend to do a lot. Uh, shout out to Brian Roberts. But it was a game that, from a technical standpoint, you don't want to like show and like, hey, look how great this Dayton team is. But the one thing that you can take away from the LSU game is, is how much they fought. They never quit. They never gave up. And I didn't see that tonight either against Houston. I didn't see guys hanging their heads or quitting. I thought the guys played hard for the entire game. And yeah, they got their asses kicked on the boards and they turned the ball over too much. But I didn't question their effort. I don't question the heart and will that they play with. And they showed all that and more against LSU, who also goes 2-1 and one in this in this tournament. So the two teams that you beat both won the rest of their games. So everybody's got to be St. John's and LSU fans for the rest of the year. I don't know about LSU, but I think St. John's could be a pretty darn good basketball team when it's all said and done, as many Rick Pitino teams become. You know, The Charleston Classic is a wrap. You go two and one, successful. You know, seeing all the people down there is really cool. It always is. I always enjoy watching these uh, tournaments. I've been lucky to go to a few of them. I always enjoy my time when I go to them. Uh, And when I don't go to them and watch them on TV, it's always fun to see a bunch of Dayton hooligans just taking over whatever locale uh, they send us to that November. So shout out to all the fans who made the trip. You know, you guys were loud, L-O-W-D approved. Give it, give it the podcast stamp of approval. Uh, you, you really gave it, gave it your all that uh, this weekend and uh, safe travels. Hopefully, everybody makes it back home safely for uh, for Thanksgiving. So, at the end, 
that's all you could really ask for. I just wanted to keep this short and brief, you know, only 11 minutes, but just wanted to get something up. Normal episode on Thursday, we'll dive way more in depth to the three games. We'll preview what Dayton has coming up. It'll be, I don't know if we'll be releasing the episode on Thursday this week because of Thanksgiving. I may move it to a Wednesday or a Friday release. That is yet to be determined. Stay tuned to my Twitter, at DrewBW, or the Talking Out Loud Twitter. We'll, we will have that announcement there, but uh, with Thanksgiving and everything, probably end up moving the episode to Friday, but that is still, as I said, yet to be determined. So, all in all, Dayton defeats LSU 70-67. to they defeat St. John's 88-81. They fall to Houston 69-55 to to go 2-1 and in the Charleston Classic. Uh, as I said, Houston, the number one Kempom team, I was very, very impressed with them. And I was impressed with our own Dayton Flyers this weekend, despite the, uh, despite the result tonight. So, again, just wanted to get a quick, you know, 10 to 15 minute talk here, kind of recap everything that happened, kind of get some takes out there. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about as we uh, move forward with this week. Uh, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody fills their their bellies up with food, plenty of it. Enjoy the football all weekend. Uh, the game, Ohio State-Michigan, certainly will have a lot of eyeballs on it, this uh, podcast host included. So with all that, there's two two rules on this show. You wear red, you be loud. Thank you for listening to this very, very brief rapid reaction, but I appreciate you all the same. We'll catch you later this week on our normal episode. But until then, as always, wear red and you be loud. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc